What's up and welcome to the Crude Oil Podcast, a weekly uncensored Edmonton Oilers podcast with your hosts, Sean and Greg. Welcome back to episode 14 of the Crude Oil Podcast, brand new season. We're st- How the hell did I get to September already? Like, I think this summer just flew by because we haven't done anything. For any summers for the past two years and now everybody's just cramming in three years worth of summers into one it's been complete chaos i think next weekend is my first weekend of doing nothing that i have planned yeah for the first time in like three months what did you get up to this summer lots of drinking lots of drinking <laughs> unfortunately or fortunately i guess i don't know but just a, another fyi that i am hung over for this podcast again so i think it's starting to become more common that i am than i am not at this point so Sean, we're going to have to have different conversations on this next episode then. <laughs> well, I, I keep okay, talking about okay. it. I was like, oh, I could take a hiatus from drinking. And then I'm like, oh, but then next week I'm doing something. And the week after, oh, I'm doing something too. So I guess, I guess I'm not. Yeah, it's, it's all good, man. It, it's playing guilty. It's playing guilty. Exactly. <laughs> good stuff. Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's been a crazy summer with a lot of stuff going on. Um, and crazy to think we're already like jumping into the start of a new hockey season i think the the coolest thing about it is it probably also felt so short because we didn't sit the entire playoffs out that's true like in terms of the off season length like it's felt like nothing but to be fair last season did extend a little bit longer than it was supposed to because of lingering covid bullshit Mm-hmm. But now we are back. The season's starting on time. It's yeah. supposed to be done on time, and playoffs should be over by next year before the end of June. So it'll be it'll be interesting times. I'm well, very it, excited for a nice and regular season. Yeah, and I wonder if riding the ship, like it'll be interesting to see which teams have like a slow start. I wonder if Colorado's going to have a little bit more of a you know cup hangover. Um, but we'll we'll get into all of that in uh, in a bit. Just uh, before we we do, just wanted to uh, thank everybody who has been listening so far. Um, Thirteen episodes in, where we still feel like we're still finding our groove, but each each episode's getting better and better. So uh, if if you could please help us uh, to get uh, our podcast out there, share it, like it, uh, rate it. Uh, we've got a lot of exciting things coming in the uh, the coming weeks. I don't know. <laughs> sitting inside sean's got his his sunglasses on his head so that tells you where we're at today i didn't even know where those were that actually threw me off i went to scratch my head and they were up there all good i uh yeah just um looking forward to this new scene do we want to tease anything that we're working on or we just keep it well we can tease that we're working i know a few people have asked about like potential like merch stuff yeah and we're we're trying to workshop something that'll work for us and for everybody else because we've tried a couple little things and <laughs> They haven't worked out so well. So I, I feel like you can share the story of the issue you ran into. Oh, my current issue. Well, I've tried like a whole bunch of different things. Um, and the most recent one, I thought it was going to be great. And so I ordered something on it. And next thing I know, I'm just paying shipping out the ass. I'm getting like after emails being like, oh, here's an extra $15 of shipping you need to pay on top of like the $30 you've already paid for this order. And I'm like, this is fucking bullshit. And the last thing we want to do is make you guys pay fucking $45 for shipping for like a couple hoodies. It's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. So if we can find a Canadian alternative. So if anybody has any suggestions, that would be great because that's where I think the vast majority of people who are listening and would be interested in that would want to order things from. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. 
but live and learn. Hey, that's that's the whole point of it. I just wish my wallet didn't have to keep learning these lessons. Oh my goodness, yes, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so we'll jump into a lot of the stuff that's that's changed over the the past. Uh, well, since our hiatus, we took off. Uh, there's been a few different signings. Uh, still nothing on the trade front. Um, and then obviously the Oilers are in a dire cap constraint. Uh, I mean, they're not the only uh, team alone. And, and of course, there's the rumors of additional players coming in. So might as well uh, jump into it. Um, the first uh, the first big signing that we should probably discuss is probably the one that we were most like unsure about with uh, Pugliarvi. Yeah, he signed a one-year uh, $3 million AAV deal. And I think... That's kind of what everybody expected. Mm. Um, I think I would have liked to see a few more years on there, especially if Edmonton wants to actually commit to him staying because it's just going to be the same thing at the end of this season, assuming he does half decent, puts up like 50 points, 20 goals. Um, so we're going to have to deal with this again at this rate. But at the same time, we can't sign everybody long-term contracts or we're going to fuck ourselves over. Well, yeah, you got to wonder, um, too, like what Pugliarvi is going to bring this year. Maybe he has a junk season and opens up your, like your ears, opens up your eyes probably because you're watching it. Um, whether or not you want to keep this guy long-term, what, whatever. But I think I was just shocked between him and uh, the next sign we'll get into just to see basically all of that LTIR room just gone in a second. And it was like... I mean, we got to use it for something. Well, it's true. You use it or you lose it. So you got you to gotta figure it out. Yeah, yeah. So... Um, I, I'm happy with it. It's nice to see Pugliarvi stick around with the team. It seems like they like him in the room. I, I don't know. I, did you see the video of him on Instagram the other day? Which one was uh, that? He was sitting on the, the fly bike. Oh, and yeah, he's yeah. pedaling. Um, I just that. saw a video today on Twitter, like a gif of it. And you, I think it's the uh, Daniel Craig thing, like, uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. But they got Pugliarvi <laughs> to do it. So he's standing up there, he's like, ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty good. I'm going to be sending that to my friends every Friday now. That's amazing. Uh, that is amazing. Yeah, so we got Pulley RV sticking around for one more year. That jumps into the next signing. Uh, Kyler Yamamoto, two years, 3.1 AAV. Again, the sticker price is a little bit of the you know shocking point for me. I don't know about you. Well, if Pugliarvi's getting three, why wouldn't he, Yamamoto get 3.1? Yeah. If yeah. not, a little bit more. So I'm pretty, like, I'm not mad about the amount. I would, once again, I want more term for certainty because I it sucks having to go through negotiations all the time. Mm-hmm. But on the plus side with both these players, it avoided arbitration. So hopefully the team, um, the team relationship with the player hasn't been damaged because I've heard arbitration can really fuck with that. And then... Well. The players just hate the owners forever. Yeah. So. Well, uh, it's weird because I, in the back of my mind, I didn't want to ever say anything because I just didn't want it to come to fruition. But I, I was scared that Yamamoto was going to pull a Johnny Gaudreau. You know, being from Portland, uh, Seattle area, like, and having to live in, you know, Canada for the last two years, probably didn't get to see as much family as he wanted to. Um, it's always nervous with American players. I know it... It's weird because it used to be like Russians. Remember that? Yeah. And well, now it's now like all the Russians want to stay here because they don't want to go back <laughs> to Russia. But I think it's it makes sense with COVID and everything. But at the same time, 
things have returned to normal. Yeah. So I'd hope players take that into consideration a little bit. And to be fair, I know how they feel. It's like I wasn't living as far um, away as like an entire country, but that's why I moved back to Edmonton over the last year or so, just because I wanted to be closer to family and friends. Yeah. So I know what they're going through. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, that brings us to the, the next signing, uh, rattling them all off here. Tyler Benson sticking around for one, uh, one year. It's a two way seven fifty AAV in the NHL. And then just, uh, jumps down to two seventy five in the AHL. Uh, this is kind of something that I think we both agreed that it'd be nice to keep him around, but league minimum. So yeah, so this is exactly what I expected. Yeah. And to anybody who's not aware, um, when it's a two-way contract, the only thing that means is that their salary is different between the NHL and the AHL. Right. Because I know myself included, like at least five years ago, I still thought this was because I played the stupid fucking NHL games mm-hmm. where a two-way contract meant that you could, they were waiver eligible. Oh, yeah. Or yeah. like waiver exempt, and that's not how it works. There has to be that added condition too. Yeah. Yeah. But that's... Uh... I'm pretty happy with that signing, honestly, though. Yeah. yeah. I think Benson is a great depth player. If he can play like uh, an Archibald-style player with hopefully a little bit more offensive upside, because we saw how he was playing last year, he was... It looked like Archibald was on the ice when Benson was out there because he was just flying around trying to hit everything that moves. Yeah. He's not the thickest guy in the world, but he still tries. Yeah, very true. Um, Just just slow foot, that's it. (laughs) Um, uh, It was last week, right? Ryan Murray? Yeah. Signing the one-year deal. Yeah, that that signing I'm actually pretty excited about. I think he's better than Cuckoo. So he's a better, like, 7th, 8th defenseman for us. Mm-hmm. And his role is essentially going to be, like, A, an injury fill-in, and B, the safety net for Broberg and Niemelainen, depending on who makes the roster and if they struggle when they do. That's exactly what I was thinking, too. Like, I, I think he's just a, a fill-in. But I think it's just perfect Euler move to sign, uh, not to sign him, but to... Uh, uh, to pick him up because I mean, look at that draft class. It unbelievable. There was great players in that draft, but none of them were taken in like the first ten picks. That that was twenty fifteen, right? Twenty twelve. Twenty twelve. Oh right, right, right. How could yeah. I forget that? So pulling that up, the Oilers have had at one point or another, just looking at the first round, they've had Nelly Akapov number one, Ryan Murray number two. Griffin Reinhardt, number four. So three of the Gail top Chania. four. Don't give me Gail Chania, please. <laughs> Slater Cuckoo at 10. Uh, Cody Cece at 15. Uh, it goes on and on and on. Like, it's... Uh, just love that. Love that draft. We're trying to make up for the fact that we picked Yakupov by picking up all of the other players. Yeah. But I'm okay with that if it means we get Vasilevsky, who went 19 that year. So... That'd be pretty nice. But, yeah. We'll... Uh, We'll we'll see how the Ryan Murray deal shakes out. I'm with you. I think it's just a depth signing, and he's just going to be a filler spot. So. Yeah. Well, I was thinking like maybe he'd be like a stay at home kind of shutdown guy, but that's not really his game. Yeah. He's only six foot one and like just over two hundred pounds, so he's not like a Nima line and big boy kind of guy. And I thought Ryan Murray was a lot bigger, to be perfectly honest. Mm. Um, and then he doesn't play very offensively either. He's kind of like a middle of the road def- defenseman. I think that's probably why. He's signing league minimum contracts now. Is that he doesn't really excel in any particular area. He's just decent at everything. Yeah. Yep. Um, 
looking at Justin Bailey signs a PTO with the Oilers. Uh, as soon as I saw that, I uh, my immediate thought is like that's your Cooper Marody m- replacement. I mean, yeah, like he has almost point per game AHL numbers. Yeah, and he's a nothing NHL player. Sorry, Justin, but <laughs> that's just how it goes. But I think part of it too. I was reading about this that in the preseason you are required to dress uh, eight veteran players, mm-hmm. in air quotes, and veteran players being, I think it's 100 career NHL games or 30 games in the prior season, I think is how they determine that. So, And I'm hoping people can hear those sirens outside because yeah. they're very loud. But um, with that being said, that's why they signed these guys to PTOs so they don't have to fucking play McDavid and Drysaddle every other game when they don't want to risk injuring their star players. Right. And yeah. you even saw that, I think I was reading too, with Calgary back in 2018. They signed like five or six guys to PTOs because that's when they sent Cal- the Flames and the Bruins went to China or something and played a game. Oh, that's right. So they had their other half of their preseason still at home, and they just signed all these random people to PTOs to play because they're like, we need our eight like veterans because everybody went to, all the main guys went to China with the team. So Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised to see a couple other PTOs coming in. Yeah, yeah. We've got some rumors that uh, um, of potential things going on there. The one thing I was just going to ask before we do get into those is, uh, um, Jesus Christ, this get is what happens break. when you take two months off, man. Like, get you have out. no fucking idea what you're talking about. Uh, I was going to ask, what do you think it is that's going on? Like, obviously, I have limited experience, but nothing to the extent of these players. What, like... The Anton Landers, the Rob Shrimps, the, like, all of these guys who are, like, AHL all-stars. The tweeners, the tie-ratties of the world. Yeah, and and they can't crack it up in the NHL. Like, what do you think it is? A lot of it has to do probably with, like, foot speed for one. So look at Benson. Like, he's very talented, a great player, but he's so slow. And if your one part of your game is struggling or can't keep up with the rest, then or the NHL level, mm-hmm. then you can't play, I guess. Like, look at Perlini. He's got a monster shot, yeah. but he sucks at everything else. <laughs> so it's like, that means he can't play, but people keep signing him because yeah. he's like, look at that shot, though. I think it's like Martin uh, Frick or Frick or something. Yeah, yeah. Because his last name's F-R-K. <laughs> but, and he's one of those guys who has a ridiculous shot, but he can't do anything else. Yeah. He, like, breaks the HL record all the time in the All-Star game for the hardest shot. And everyone's like, oh my god, I want this guy on my power play. But he can't do anything other than like hit a hard shot, and then it's inaccurate at that, yeah. so he misses 90% of the time. Yeah. So that's really what it is, though, is these players just lack the one major thing that they need to be able to crack the like the league. They could be a bottom sixer, but they don't play physical, or they don't kill penalties, or they just don't get the chance to show their abilities. Like a guy like Benson will never crack it because he can't play in the top six because he's not fast enough. And he can't play in the bottom six because he's not good enough defensively. Yeah. Uh, And I wonder if it's like one of the either or because uh, you got to wonder too. I wonder if uh, part of it has to do with like the cerebral um, aspect as well. Like um, I look at a guy like Nail Yakupov as had all the talent in the world, speed, shot, just... No hockey IQ. It's all the tools, but none. Yeah. Not the toolbox. Is that how it works? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, like yeah, his brain just couldn't keep up with the game, and that was his thing. And 
he probably could go down to the HL and do fantastic because mm-hmm. down there the the I'm trying trying not to be rude. It's like <laughs> the brain level is lower, I guess, for the ability for people to read plays and stop you from doing what you want to do. Yeah. I don't know. Better mm-hmm. hockey players than I'll ever fucking make. So Well, that's the thing. <laughs> Anybody who's in the ECHL will skate circles around like yeah. 99.999% of the world. Yeah. So, regardless, I'd love to shit talk them as somebody who struggles skating sometimes. <laughs> can't turn, uh, I can't turn left very well. So, like, what am I to say that these people suck? But in comparison... You yeah, no, you have to like look that. at the, the different... Yeah, no, I, I, I'm following you there. Um, yeah, so I guess looking at the PTOs, it sounds like there's a couple different rumors about uh, potential you know, death PTOs that are handed out. Um, a couple of them, just reading uh, the article coming out by Daniel Nugent Bowman, um, there's a few that were given, one being Zach Aston reese but he's recently signed in Toronto, Toronto I believe, right? Yes. Yeah. Riley Nash and Jake Vertanen. And I've, I've heard Riley Nash out there a few times, and I'd be okay with him on yeah. PTO. And But let's talk for Tannen. Oh, for fuck's sakes. Listen, he's fast. Okay. That's cool. Okay. But he can't do anything else. Yeah, he had a hard time cracking the top six in yeah, Vancouver like, before he left. I'm ignoring all the allegation stuff right now because yeah. that was, it like got, what's the word for it? Thrown out. Thrown out in court. Yeah. So, like, Whatever to that. With that being said, he's still, from what I've heard, he has other issues, like in the locker room and stuff. He's kind of, I think, uh, a little egotistical and thinks he's the best, even though he's obviously not. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't need that in our, in our locker room. No. And another thing, he's just not good enough. Yeah. he's It's similar to Benson, where he's got a top six skill set, but he's lacking some of the tools that lets him be a top six player. So you got to put him in your bottom six, and he just doesn't know how to play that role properly. I, I was thinking about this too because uh, I think it popped up before the rumors that he's going to be looking for a new uh, contract. But I was just thinking, like, a comparable to him, because I think they're one or two draft classes off, if not the same one, uh, would be a Sean Monahan, who, same kind of age, um, maybe not as much skill, but like couldn't crack the roster and just kind of like fell off the face of the earth. I think. Uh, that's kind of harsh, but... Well, to be fair, <laughs> Monaghan had, like, a shit ton of injuries, and yeah. he's essentially, like, RoboCop at this point. Yeah. They've rebuilt him, and he's, <laughs> like, just not the same thing anymore. Like, I would compare him more to, like, Anthony Sioux, mm. where he looks good on the ice, and yet nothing happens while he's doing it. Yeah. I I was just thinking, like, if you're gonna if you're going to bring in players on a PTO, if you have similar skill, and um, it... it comes down to whatever you know it it's going to come to off ice stuff it's going to come down to whoever they like better in the room yeah and to be fair if you're on a pto too like if you are directly competing with another guy and that guy already has a contract they're going to go with the guy who already has the contract because they're like oh we don't need another guy sorry we already have him it kind of reminds me of the i don't know if you remember the st louis move couple a uh, couple of years ago, this back when they like brought in Ryan Whitney, Paul Bissonette, there was uh, who's the other one they called in, Scotty Upshaw, all into the same like PTO camp, and you yeah. gotta wonder if that was just to like bring the room together. Well, it definitely could. Yeah, bring in some some glue guys just for <laughs> camp to try and get everybody hyped up. 
and be like, we'll pay you for a little bit here, and you yeah. just come and get everybody hyped up, and then you're gone before the season starts. Just get all the boys buzzing on a team trip. and Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we should uh, sign Yandel to a PTO just so he can come hang out with the team for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Okay, before we get into that, did you hear John Tortorella's comments on ESPN? <laughs> On the Philly, like, locker room Holy situation and stuff. Holy fuck, what a bombshell to drop on your team. That's hilarious. For those who don't know, essentially, Tortorella, apparently he's been, like, talking to people around the team, the players, the management, and his decision, from what he's figured out from these conversations, is that it's an absolute shit show. Yeah. And who fucking knows what's going to happen. Yeah. Hasn't even, like, had a practice yet, and he's already talking about how he has major concerns about the locker room, like... I just imagine him talking to somebody on the team and he's just pinching his, the bridge of his nose like, holy fuck, these guys are terrible, man. I, I just got to wonder how a guy like Kevin Hayes, Keith Yandel are going to deal with a coach like John Tortorella. Yeah. Well, Yandel's a free agent, so... Oh, that's right, yeah. He yeah. was there, but uh, like, I can't imagine that it would be great and maybe that's the problem because Kevin Hayes is like the leadership core there now with mm-hmm. like uh, Voracek gone and Giroux gone and it's like... Hayes and Couturier, and maybe they have a pretty shitty room there. Yeah, you know. know. Yeah. But from the sounds of it, anyways. But do I trust Tortorella? I feel like some guy could say (laughs) that he's like, I like to go home and like read a book at night, and he'd be like, what a shit show. He should be out partying. Yeah. That's the classic way we do it. What the fuck's wrong with this guy? Yeah, he's one of the last old school coaches that are, are left in the NHL. Oh, exactly. But that's because he's one of the few coaches who's able to be old school, but then also like evolve his game as a coach Mm, yeah um so that that deals with the ptos let's dive into probably our biggest talking point um and ask the question let's play game sean why the fuck is ryan mcleod not signed yet because the oilers don't know what the fuck is going on (laughs) with the cap i think they want to trade somebody because they don't want to have to run like a anywhere from a 20 to 22 man roster they want to run the full 23 yeah but they're like what the fuck are we gonna do yeah like, maybe they send a guy down through waivers and he gets claimed, and they're like, cool, you just bailed us out of that problem. Well, but. and back back to the comment that, uh, or the article that uh, Daniel Nugent Bowman was talking about, um, he he pointed out a good, like, fact that, you know, if the Oilers run a minimum roster of 20 guys, like, you've got no extra bodies, one injury, and if you have a, like, back-to-back game, you could be playing that game shorthanded. Yeah, like I think it was it Vegas the one year where they played with like not in like maybe three lines and like yeah. four defensemen or something like that. They yeah, had two because they had cap problems and they couldn't call anybody up. Yeah, it like and the fact that the Oilers like have a farm team in Bakersfield, it's still a I don't know three four hour flight. Like it's gonna take you most of the day to get there. God forbid you're playing on the East Coast. Oh, exactly. So. so. I don't think that's the best decision, but with that being said, then yeah, who do you trade? I I think you got to trade the highest like cap hit in in Tyson Berry. But then who's on the who's I the mean, third pairing right defenseman? That's what I mean. Do you do you have a Samarukov come up? Do you have a Nima Linen make the team? Do you? Yeah, I, like I'm fine with forwards playing on their off wings mm-hmm. with their offhandedness, but on defense, that's very important. All the guys you just named are all lefties. Yeah, like Broberg, Murray, Niemelainen, and Sam Rukov, all lefties. I, the I'm next not, righty yeah. in the organization is uh, DeHarnay. Yeah, I I'm not sold on the left hand right hand shot thing. Um, I know that there's certain players you shouldn't put in that 
position, but uh, I do see what you're saying. It is important yeah. to have right-handed shots. I would say the... if they traded him, they'd probably put Murray there, to yeah. be honest. But and that kind of uh, that kind of leads into one of the rumors over the summer was. Do you hear about the Klingberg, like rumors that were going around? Uh, not to Edmonton, no. So essentially, here's what almost happened. Apparently, that okay. I heard that Montreal was going to sign him to a one year, like seven million dollar contract, uh-huh. and then Edmonton was going to trade for him, trading a first rounder and some and some sort of cap dump, probably Barry yeah. for Klingberg, yeah, at fifty percent retained. So essentially, Klingberg still gets his money, but Edmonton like gets the player for half the cap, mm-hmm. which kind of cap circumventing ish to me. If you're signing a player and immediately training him, that mm-hmm. seems a little aggressive. But that would have been like that's what they apparently was very close to happening, and I'm happy it didn't because Klingberg is essentially just a taller Tyson Berry. Yeah, like yeah. they bring the same thing. They're power play specialists, so. I'm very happy that didn't happen. Well, so here's another wrench in everything. Um, this this article is great. If you haven't had a chance, go read uh, Daniel Nugent Bowman's uh, article. Talking about it's it. it's fucking <laughs> phenomenal because he goes into the different scenarios and he goes and he breaks down, um, uh, especially the the situation that Kane's in. Mm-hmm. So, um, kind of following up on the grievance, one very small minority possibility that could maybe happen is if uh, Kane wins this case. So if, if he does, there's kind of two outcomes. One, um, they, uh, the Sharks have to pay the difference between uh, what he was guaranteed on his last co- contract versus what the Oilers uh, are paying him. I think it's like $500,000. However, um, if it's ruled that he becomes uh, property of the San Jose Sharks, the Sharks want nothing to do with Evander Kane, which would ultimately force a trade back to Edmonton. Yeah. And Edmonton could, you know, bend them over with the the salary retention on the trade. That's true. And then Edmonton could have them for half. Yeah. But when's that grievance ever going to get Oh, exactly, out? Like, yeah. We, but unfortunately we can't rely on that <laughs> happening anytime soon. A lot of a lot of ifs need to be uh figured out there. But the other thing I was thinking of too is uh I don't know if you followed like the Oilers social media lately but Not overly no it seems like every third post they're putting up has a photo of Ryan McLeod in it something tells me that there's like a handshake agreement in place but x needs to happen well considering he's at camp and stuff and yeah. was in that like Lloyd Minister alumni game yeah and everything like that it makes me think that he's like I'm not leaving the yeah. organization anytime soon so it makes you think that and they're like sorry Ryan we can't announce it though mm-hmm. until we figure out the rest of this so we don't get really fucked over because every team will know what's happening. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's what I'm kind of hoping is what uh, the the situation is. But ultimately, they're they're going to have to clear some room uh, somehow. Well, I think McLeod's one of the most important players on the team outside of like the big boys. So that's kind of why I was shocked he was the last one to sign. Well, he's the last one to sign because he's not arbitration eligible. So they had to deal with Puliyarvi and Yamamoto before oh, right, they went this, to yeah. arbitration. So Ryan McLeod gets to sit there and twiddle his thumbs waiting for them to get to him because, like, we got bigger issues. Sorry, buddy. Yeah. So it sucks because I would rather have him signed right now, but they had to deal with it or else they could have really got bent over the barrel by the players and the arbitrators, but mm-hmm. we survived. So that's nice at least. Well, so moving on, I know that we wanted to talk about Ryan McLeod uh, first and foremost because that's priority, but we, we got to address the rumors with Patrick Kane as well, like... 
my question is why? Why do we want Patrick Kane? They just want to have both the Canes because they think they're oh, yeah. funny. <laughs> we have E Kane and P Kane. Ugh. I I don't know. Like at the trade deadline, sure. Yeah, I'm down, but I'd still rather get a defenseman. Mm-hmm. To be fair, and that's what I'm tired of. Like I would love to have Patrick Kane on this team, but even at half retained, he's like five point two five million or something like that because he's got a ten and a half million dollar contract. Yeah. So like that's a lot to deal with, and we might be able to do that at the trade deadline from all the cap accruing throughout the year. So right. maybe we can afford that. But I think both our like current roster of defensemen should be more focused on improving. Yeah. And if not that, then the depth of the defensemen, because outside of Murray and Cuckoo, who I don't know if you can necessarily rely on either one of them. Once somebody's injured, then we're relying on the rookies again. Yeah. And I don't know if we want to do that in a pinch. So that's one thing I've already seen from like Woodcroft in the playoffs, for example, he doesn't, he'll play Holloway for three minutes in a game, but he's not going to rely on him to actually contribute and give him the 10 minutes to do it in a high-pressure situation. So, hmm. Well, um, I'm going to throw this out, and I want to get your thoughts. I know where I stand with it, but there's uh, there's a defenseman available in P.K. Subban. I'd be down. Yeah? Yeah, he's... He, first of all, he checks my right-hand defenseman box. Yes, yeah, that's, so that's what fun. I was wondering. Um, he is a great personality to have in the room. I would be curious to see if he contrasts well or bad with some of the personalities we have. I think he would do good and maybe he can bring some more energy and like things like that in, in interviews from guys like dry side. Bring some life David. to the team. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it doesn't feel so like dry and monotonous all the time. <laughs> and like they have been opening up now that we've been winning more. You can tell it's more positive. Mm. Drysaddle says pissy shit, so it's hilarious. Leon Drysaddle is one of the sneaky, funniest players in the NHL. Oh, he's really funny. Did you hear, you heard the interview on 32 Thoughts with him, right? Uh, I didn't hear the whole thing. Oh, no. it, he had some funny shit he was saying yeah. in that. Like, just all the shit. They were sla- like the flames were slashing his leg and they're yeah. slashing the wrong one. He's like, I just want to tell him, like, guys, you, you're that's not even the hurt leg, man. I don't know what you guys are doing. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's a good interview, that is for sure. Yeah, um, but I would I'd be down for that. Like at a minimum, PTO. Mm-hmm. Like I have no problem with that, and I would definitely consider signing him. I don't know if I'd be okay with him as like our third pairing right defenseman per se, but. I'm not against it either. He brings an edge to the game. Some say too much with his <laughs> slew footing that he likes to do. Yeah, that's the... But, I don't know. I think we need a little bit of that. As long as he doesn't injure anybody and preferably completely stop slew footing people, then mm-hmm. I'd I have no problem with that. Well, I guess we'll have to see if uh, any ground gets moved there on that on that opportunity there um, is one other thing i wanted to mention i yeah. have it hidden in the middle of my notes here oh is that sam gagne signed with the jets and i'm sad oh shit yeah no that that's worth talking like i was excited when he posted that photo with like the Oilers shirt hanging on the bike pretty sure that's been deleted now oh really i tried to find it the other day and i couldn't find it oh he was sad he had to go to winnipeg yeah oh. but i think to be fair he wasn't gonna fit with what the team needs right now yeah but he's a guy you like you just give an assistant coach position to. <laughs> yeah. Like, I could I could see Gagne coming back after he retires in some sort of capacity. But mm-hmm. I just I just love the guy. What can I say? Oh, man. 
You still have that jersey, hey? Yeah, I wore it like all last season. Yeah, the old Gags jersey. Um, yeah, so just taking a look at the team now, what's your honest gut feeling? I don't know why I feel the way I do, but just looking at it, I don't see a lot of change. And I know half the battle was to get a lot of these players re-signed. Um, but it feels like we've basically retained them but not gotten better. I think, Other than goaltending, I'll give them goaltending. I think to a degree, it's addition by subtraction. In the sense that Dreisaitl and Nurse are two of our three most important players, will hopefully not be injured. Mm. So them at 100%, that's an addition right there. And then the underlying numbers on Keith were pretty terrible. Yeah. So I'm curious to see if just him not playing with Bouchard and potentially being an anchor on that pairing changes how like Bouchard plays, having Kulak there now. Well, and I wonder, too, with Woodcroft in his first full season as a coach. Full season of Kane, too. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a great point. Um, bringing in... I wonder if there's a bit of a changing of the guard where he's allowed to bring in um, his old, like decor that he had and he's kind of uh worked with dave manson and in bako but it feels like um if he can get like the condors were known for having one of the best defensive cores as a as a group it's defense by uh um is that it's not coalition is it committee Committee. that's it that's it that's the one they didn't have any like true number one guy down there but all six guys were always playing like about 20 minutes a night Mm -hmm. which is the system that he also brought to the team where nurses minutes dropped significantly even before he was injured Mm -hmm. and they all started playing closer to like i think it was like 22 20 and 18 for the three pairings versus like 30 for nurse and probably cc who's playing with him and then like 15 and 15 yeah yeah i uh It'll be interesting. It's going to be a really interesting season. I I think just looking on paper, uh, I'm nervous. But, I mean, we've got no more money to spend anyway. And we still have guys like McLeod that we, we have to get paid. Yeah. I'm a little bit nervous about, like, I think our forward core, great. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited for that. Um, the defensive core, I'm a little shaky on. Only because, like, that was our, like, Achilles heel last year. And we didn't do anything. Yeah. We are promoting Kulak and replace Keith with Broberg. So, like, did we really improve that in any ways? And, like, to be fair, like I said, healthy nurse, assuming he lives up to what he's able to do, I I think Edmonton has a great chance. And that's not to even mention the goaltending. Yeah, yeah. With Campbell and Skinner, I think are an upgrade on Smith and Koskinen. If nothing but consistency... But we'll see how many games it takes for them to give up a bad goal in the first shot of the game and me to lose my fucking <laughs> Of course there's going to be issues with the audio on the first podcast back. It just makes too much fucking sense. I noticed my mic start to glitch out on the audio, so I cut it from uh, the, the pod here for the next few minutes, tried to use Sean's mic. I mean, it, it fucking is what it is. Speaking of Miko Koskinen... Um... Last weekend, uh, I, I sent you the, the snap, but if anyone has never been to the new Oilers store in the Ice District, it is fantastic. There's uh, um, a section in the back that's uh, called Once an Oiler, Always an Oiler, and it's got a bunch of uh, game-used memorabilia. Um, I swear to God, though, in the one section, it looks like fucking Nico just 
dumped in hockey bag because he's got two sets, two or three sets of pads in there. He's got all of his like equipment. I think he's just like, fuck it, I am going and I am gone. He probably just didn't want to pay for all of the extra luggage to haul all that shit over to Europe. Yeah. He's like, fuck it, keep it. I'm I'm done. <laughs> It's like when you move away and you just like, I'm going to leave the couch. Is that okay? Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Smith stuff was there too. You just, uh, those guys were, they were done at the end of the year, I think. Um, yeah. So that kind of takes care of all the, the player movement that we see so far. I mean, camp starts in about a week. Um, so it'll be, it'll be intriguing to see what, uh, what these players look like and how, uh, the preseason starts off, but uh, a couple actual non-player Oilers-related news things. I guess the the jersey sponsors was the the first one that kind of love it. I'm pretty happy that we're not doing that. Yeah. But like, I'm trying to keep I'm put on my business hat yeah. here, and I think jersey ads are an inevitability, mm-hmm. just because money talks and the NHL needs to recover, like all their COVID losses so we can start getting that cap to build up. Okay. So is this, is like the revenue being generated from the Jersey ads? Like, is all of that going to the NHL? Uh, well, I think it like goes to the teams and then the teams also pay, pay. a portion to the right. NHL. And then like the NHL has their revenue share model. Yeah. So Arizona doesn't completely shit the bed. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, any money that comes into the league in some way, it's like the helmet ads that they right. brought in. Like, that increased revenue, but unfortunately they were had to use that revenue to get rid of the deficit that they had been in for the past couple of years. So, the NHL is such a fucking, like... I think there was a big surplus this year, to be yeah. fair, and I think it's now they're, they're catching back up, and I think another year or so of that, and then we're kind of back, and I think it's going to start going up pretty significantly. But... I mean, it's weird because they're they're introducing things like this. I'm a traditionalist. I hate the fucking ads, but I'm okay no. with them. Um, I hate them too. I'm not saying I don't, yeah. but I totally understand the reason why. I just don't want to end up looking like the Swiss Elite League yeah. where I don't yeah. know what the team's logo looks like because yeah. I think McDonald's is their logo because that's the only thing I see on their jersey. Well, and on the other foot, like they're, they're doing everything to fucking keep the Arizona Coyotes an NHL team. Wow, that's just for all the snowbirds out there. Gary's got a few snowbird buddies who just like, no, you can't get rid of the team. I like to go watch the Oilers play. Isn't Houston like the third biggest city in the United States? Well, there's a reason why. I think it's Austin now. There's like all these people from L.A. are like moving out there and stuff. Are you here? So like if you want to put a team in Austin or something, that's the place or that's the time to do it. Yeah, I, I just I don't understand that at all. Well, like, at this point, I don't think the NHL is going to add more teams anytime soon. I think 32 is a very healthy number to have. Mm -hmm. I think it's relocation. And now that all the teams are set, I think they'll start thinking about relocation with particular teams. And, yes, we're looking at you, Arizona, and I'm I'm sorry for all you diehard Coyotes fans out there, all 12 of you, but (laughs) I don't know what to tell you. Maybe buy more tickets somehow. It's just, it's such a joke. They can't even put their fucking logo on their, like, home rink. No, oh, yeah, it's it's just dumb. Yeah. I, I don't understand why they're doing this in the first place. Yeah. Like, it would be cool if they got Bedard or something like that. My computer's dying, I just realized. But oh. we're not connected to my computer, so it's okay. 
Um, but yeah, I totally lost my train of thought from that sound from my computer. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. We're, we're masters at surviving the, the power surges here. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So, I, I, I mean, I, I'm happy with it. I think it looks cleaner. Uh, I do kind of love the element too. So, let's get into this discussion because this, this was something that pissed me off right before this morning. Really grinds, grinds your gears. gears. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love it when it gets into that, like, sports talk. Like, What's up? Welcome to the... Um, you don't want to use your sports radio oh voice? Oh, God, yeah. No, it's not good. It's not good. Um, but I saw a tweet that uh, basically retweeted the article that the Oilers are pushing back on any jersey ads or anything. And the comment was like, well, the Oilers are okay with signing a criminal, but they're not okay when it... But drawing the line at uh, jersey ads. And, like, is, is this... Like, every time I see stuff like that, do we have to take a step back and, like, take a look at our team and be like, wait, is this how the rest of the NHL sees us? I think some people look at the NHL, at, or the Oilers, sorry, as a bit of a, I guess, a dirty team. Whether it's the signing of Evander Kane, Drysaddle being kind of dirty sometimes, same with Nurse. Um, some people think McDavid is a little bit of a crybaby, like shades of young Crosby kind of shit. And personally, I don't see it. Maybe I'm wearing my blinders. Like I know dry saddle can be dirty sometimes, but all the players in the league can be dirty. Sometimes it's shit fucking happens. So yeah, I don't see that. Like, and yes, Evander Kane comes with his baggage, but since he's been here, there's been zero problems Mm -hmm. that I've read or heard about. So I don't understand why people keep bringing it up. The past is the past. Let people try to change who they are. If they regress and do it again, you can sit there and say, I told you so. That's fine. Yeah. But give them a goddamn chance. Yeah. Yeah. It, I'm, I'm a big proponent for people trying to turn their life around. And, I mean, if they can do it, I mean, that's why – I think that's why I've always been so defensive of Zach Cassian. Um, some people just – they need it. and ah. I just I just picture it like uh, there's this one meme out there where it's like the guy looks at his buddy. He's like, are we the baddies? Yeah, exactly. It's it like that's that's how it does feel sometimes. When I was like going on Reddit or whatever, reading the comments after some of the, I think it was the Colorado games or something. And I think it was after Kadri got injured. Mm-hmm. And there's just like everybody shit talking Edmonton, how dirty they are and stuff. I'm just like, wait, are we the bad guys in this <laughs> yeah. story? I thought we were like the underdogs. Yeah. Uh, well. I'm just okay with no jersey ads. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm okay with it too, and I just want to brace everybody for the inevitable, like that's going to happen. Yeah, and hopefully they do it in a way that still respects the jersey and the logos and everything like that. Well, with me being a bit of a jersey geek, what do you do for teams that have their captaincies on the other side because their logo gets in the way? Like, uh, I think Detroit. Does Detroit still have the captains on the right? Yeah, I think Detroit's the weird one that have it. There. But like each team is going to have, I think, its own custom oh. way they're doing it. Oh, okay, so it's just, just like the standard spot. Yeah, I think it's like you sell the space or whatever. Like, okay, we're going to put ads, and we have decided we're going to put it here. Here is the fee we're going to charge your company if you are interested in that. Yeah. And that'll be how it is. And there's probably certain areas you can't do it, like anywhere within a box of the logo and anywhere within a box of the names and the numbers on the back. So you don't have a fucking McDonald's logo stamped in the stamped in the middle of a zero or something in somebody's number. So yeah. I think that's going to be how it goes. It's similar to the helmet ads where each team 
got to choose their own like whoever sponsoring them and everything like that so you got the toronto tiktok helmets <laughs> that was amazing um speaking of, of being a jersey geek so at this this said oiler store i was uh um talking to some of the guys there and i wanted to get a little bit of a line on what the hell we're expecting from um the uh, the retro reverse retro so what I'm hearing is, like everyone's saying, it's the McFarlane logo. Yeah. However, the biggest change from what I'm seeing from everybody else is that it's actually still going to be the same color scheme as the prior jersey. So like the orange? Uh, so white base with the orange and blue. This is the feedback from the fellow at the store. Um, I've seen some mock-ups and they look pretty bad with that color scheme, honestly. Yeah. Like the McFarlane logo doesn't go good with the color orange. No, it doesn't. Yeah. The, uh, the best one that I've seen online is the, the Connor at the skills competition. It's the dark blue one. That one looks solid, but I I don't know what we're going to get. So I'm a little bit concerned to be honest. Oh really? All I see is like Tom Gazzola's tweets all the time about it, yeah. and just like random like saying like I heard this, I heard this, and then people are posting mock-ups yeah. based off of those predictions, and they just look so bad. Yeah, I'm just it's like the gray. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the gray and the orange clash really bad, and yeah. I don't, just wish they would stop trying to do that. But I'm hoping that they're not complete idiots and they've figured it out somehow. And when we see it, we'll be like, okay. I'll eat my words. That does look pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So just taking a look. Finally, uh, the Oilers have announced their ring of honor at Rogers place. Uh, why? <laughs> well, I think the ring of honor, like the one thing I don't like about the ring of honor, first of all, so far is that they're putting all of the retired guys in there, right. which I thought the whole point of the ring of honor was to honor all the players that aren't those guys. That's so fair. they are announcing two inaugural people who will be on, in the ring of honor. And since based off of the description they posted when they announced it, yeah, it's anybody in the organization. It's not just players or management, for example. Okay. So like, I think one, it's going to be Ryan Smith. Yeah. Because if it's not, I'm going to cry. <laughs> and two, I think they're going to put Joey in it. Yeah. That I think makes those the are the sense. main two. Yeah, and I have heard some people like saying like maybe Ben should be there, mm. and then you start going down the like the Cujos, the like Doug Waits, oh, all those kind of yeah. guys. So like, and I know it's probably just a matter of time until you get those guys in there. Yeah, but this oh. is why they're introducing it, and I understand. I just don't understand why they decided like we're going to put the guys who are already retired and are hanging in the rafters also there. It just kind of seems. Pointness or yeah. pointness? Pointless? Po- pointness, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm with you. Um, so if let's let's take away Ryan Smith, let's take away Joey. Um, for the sake of this conversation, let's also take away Ben. Who are two players that you should be, I guess, next year's inductees? Is it two every year or is it one? Uh, I think it's going to be two every year. Okay. If I'm not mistaken. So who are like... The two that I would put in, yeah, outside of those guys, yeah. um, that's well. I think I have to go like Doug Waite. I want to put Tommy Sallow in there. Oh damn! I love me some. That's Tommy a good Sallow. one. That's a good one. Of course, I'm biased. I would have put Doug Waite, um, but I'm wondering too. Like, 
Oh, Chris Pronger. <laughs> Chris Pronger. <laughs> Sheldon Surrey and Chris Pronger in Holy there together. Holy shit! Yeah, yeah. Dustin Penner. Dustin Penner. It's just a picture of him eating pancakes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but there's. I'm sure there's gonna be like there'll be like Dave Samanko and like guys like that. Like the whole yeah. point is for players who are like loved and respected by the organization and aren't good enough to get their jerseys retired. Give me a goddamn Ryan Jones banner hanging in the arena. <laughs> exactly. So, like, I, I do like the idea, and if it means that players like Smith and stuff will get honored and respected by the team, I'm mm-hmm. very happy. Because, like, as somebody who's, like, a diehard Ryan Smith fan, I was like, I was always one of those people who's like, let's just retire his jersey. Yeah. If anybody else wears 94 in Edmonton, I'd be pretty pissed. Yeah. But then... Like, there needs to be reasons for it outside of that, mm-hmm. and I fully understand, because maybe if they won the cup while he was there, and he got Colin Smythe or something, probably would have went to Rollison if they did win. Yeah. But, or Pronger. Like, there needs to be a reason for that, besides, like, we love that guy, he was the heart and the soul of this team for 10 years. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of with you. I was, like, wondering, what about a Fernando Pisani? But that's probably, that's probably your cutting point, like, two... Too much. I don't That's know. A little, I want Radic Dvorak in there. Radic Dvorak. <laughs> if only for the name and nothing more. Oh, man. There were some awesome names over the years. Yeah. Uh, well, I think that just about does it for our, our first episode back. Like we mentioned, we're, uh, um, we're going through um, a bunch of different things trying to improve for this year. Uh, some new ideas uh, coming. Uh, we've obviously talked about the merch. Hopefully, we'll get something sorted out there. Because God, I fucking hope so. I'm losing my mind. Yeah, I know. It, it, you guys should see the inbox that we have from setting up different merch stores, trying to get them to work. I keep it's... having to unsubscribe from emails because they just keep <laughs> spamming me. No shit. Yeah, yeah. No shit. Um, but uh, I think we'd be remiss without finishing our first episode back without um, just saying our our thanks to the Stelter family for uh, sharing Ben with Edmonton, the Oilers fans. Um, it, it really helped bring the city and this, this team together. And I mean, just thinking of, uh, um, how much it, it gave us a, a piece of good news in, in a, a world that's just full of shit. So, um, I, I just want to say thank you. And obviously you guys are, um, you guys are honorary Oilers for life. Like, um, so um, just wanted to, to end with that and, and say thank you for, for bringing Ben into our lives. So um, with that being said, we're, uh, we're going to jump into training camp here next week, and we're going to get this new season rolling. I'm so excited. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs>